This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Oh my gosh, a lot. You did good there. Wow. I'm proud of us. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing big things today. Hello, darlings. Hey, podcast listeners. Um, This is the Witches, Magic, Murder, and Mystery podcast. I am Kara. And I am Megan. Mm-hmm. And we are back with another maternity leave episode. Episode. <laughs> episode. <laughs> so we're recording these ahead of time, just as a reminder. So, so if not, things are happening in the world, we don't know about it yet. We're not sure how many of these episodes we're going to get done ahead of time, but we figure each one helps. Right. And in the, because we're all, listen, all of us together, our goal is to force Kara not to work <laughs> during our maternity leave. <laughs> as much as any of us have any control over right. Kara, <laughs> which is not a lot. I'm just going to start showing up at Megan's house and she's going to be like, why? <laughs> You'll be like, record. She's, You'll be like, hold this baby. And I'll be like, okay. okay. I love her. And so I'm like much. asleep in the floor. <laughs> uh, I will hold her all the time. All the time. So I am doing a series of episodes about the Salem Witch Trials where I am focusing on the women mm-hmm. who were murdered in the yes. Salem Witch Trials. And if you have not listened to the story of Bridget Bishop, I would urge you to go do that now. Yes. So she was the first woman to be executed during the trials. And now I'm going to tell you about a few more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just a reminder, Bridget was arrested on April 19th, 19, I put 1962. (laughs) That's not it. No. 1692, guys. As I had mentioned in that last episode, she wasn't the first to be arrested. She wasn't even the first to go to trial. It's Mm -hmm. just that the way that the death sentences were carried out, she did end up being the first to be hanged. Because she was too sassy of a lady. And I think it's interesting to think about that. So just to give one final Mm -hmm. thought on Bridget's story. This next group of women I'm telling you about was arrested, went to trial, and found guilty and sentenced to death all before Bridget was even arrested. Right. So then it makes me wonder what might have been going through Bridget's mind at the time that she finds herself arrested. Oh, yeah. You know, like she already knows what's happened to these other women. It had to have been big talk in the town. Could she tell that things were closing in on Uh her? Did she think that she might become a target? Right. Like, I wonder if she just thought, well, those women may have been witches, but I'm not. So Mm -hmm. I obviously have nothing to worry about. I'll be fine in court. And she'd already been accused once and... You know, yeah, acquitted. yeah, yeah. So, did she just not care because she was going to live her life however she pleased? I feel like you would have a tendency to be like, "Well, I'm not a witch, so <laughs> that's not going to. I got to nothing me. to worry about." Yeah, and then she must have been like, "Oh my gosh!" Just like, just like what is any happening? innocent yeah. person who ends up in this situation, mm-hmm. you're you're probably like, "This can't. This doesn't matter." And then further it goes, you're like, just like, is, "When what, is this going to stop? What is happening?" Yeah. yeah, and then you realize, "Oh my God, there's nothing I can do." Mm-hmm. I think it would be the most These terrifying hate me anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some more women. On March 6th, 
1692, Abigail Williams and Elizabeth Paris started having these fits where their bodies would convulse and their eyes would roll back in their heads. And they were related to Reverend Samuel Paris. Now, a thing to know about Reverend Samuel Paris is back then, um, these are the Puritans, Mm -hmm. and he, as the Reverend, was, I mean, he's basically like the king of Salem. You know what I mean? Like, he's the one everybody, he had a tremendous amount of power. Right. He was very influential. Right. So they were related to him, and he asked, who torments you? (gasps) And eventually the girls shouted three names, Tituba who was a slave owned by Reverend Paris, as well as two colonists, Sarah Osborne and Sarah Good. The girls said they had been bewitched by these women, bitten, pinched, and abused. A lot of pinching going Lots on. Lots of Which I think is just all the pinching and tearing of clothes. about people pinching each other anymore. No. Like ever. No. Let's bring it back. Let's you do don't it. like somebody, just walk up and pinch, pinch them. <laughs> That's what the witches do. So... Both of the Sarahs denied that they were witches or that they had done anything to these girls. Right. But Tituba was like, yep. I do weird things. I'm the devil's servant. We all are. Mm-hmm. One day, a tall man dressed all in black came to us and made all three of us write our names in a book. I said no at first, but Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne here, they made me do it. <laughs> Sarah Good also ordered a cat to attack Elizabeth Hubbard and... I saw black and yellow birds surrounding Sarah Good once, and then those birds had harmed the girls. The girls started to writhe with pain again, and Tituba was like, I see a yellow bird in Sarah Good's right hand, right now. And the girls were like, yeah, it's right here. And I can just imagine Sarah Good sitting there like, what? Oh, you, there's no bird. There's a, you think there's a bird in my hand? Like looking yeah. at her hand, looking at her, like what squeezing are you doing? it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you'd have to be thinking like, <laughs> you take clearly. Your hand, chuck it behind your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing. But you'd have to be thinking, like, obviously, I don't have a bird in my hand. Yeah. Like, what are you people? You all see that there's no bird, right? Right. Now, why would Tituba confess mm-hmm. and make up this story? Right. So, we've talked about false confessions before. So, there's there's all the psychology involved yeah. in that. But also, Tituba didn't have the same—I keep saying Tituba. 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 Okay. You know how we pronounce everything correctly on this podcast. We're so good at words. She didn't have the same religious beliefs as her captors. While Puritans believed that confessing to something you didn't do meant eternal damnation, it was literally better to die than to confess to something you didn't right. do. Tituba didn't have that same belief. So she was probably just going to say whatever she had to say. Just as crazy off the wall as she possibly could. To avoid could. being put to death. Ooh. If they told her, hey, just confess, tell us who the Point other witches the are, yeah. and we'll let you go. And she's probably like, oh, okay. got it. I don't have any, I don't owe these women anything. I'm yeah. getting out of here. I'll get weird with it. She also apologized to the girls and said she wouldn't hurt anyone ever again. Mm-hmm. No word on whether she apologized to Sarah Good or Sarah Osborne. <laughs> so she's free to go. Like, oh my gosh. Because she confessed and because she turned in two other witches. Yes. Right. And she apologized. She said she was real sorry. She's real sorry. You know, the whole thing of it was better to die than confess to something you didn't do. Mm-hmm. You know, we we talked a little bit about the witch test they did before where they would yep. tie a woman up, throw her in the water. If she sank, she wasn't a witch. Right. But she's a goner. She also died. But it's like, yeah, that's better. Yeah. That's so weird. Oh, gosh. Right? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. No. No, thank you. Okay. So the accuser said that Sarah Osborne's specter pinched them, pricked them, stuck them with knitting needles, and tried to get them to write in the devil's book. Mm. 
Sarah was the perfect target for a witch hunt. She had a lot of things working against her in 1692 mm-hmm. world. She had been married and had three kids, but then her husband died. And oh, she so had, she's a single mom. Mm-hmm. Mm. And she hired an Irish immigrant to be her indentured servant. Oh, okay. This immigrant's name was Alexander Osborne. And after he paid off his indenture, he and Sarah got married. Oh. So that was super scandalous. She yeah, that's a lot of married you don't this do guy. That. And she and Alexander were guilty of fornication. <gasps> Stop it. Stop it. Which was that particularly the devil's frowned work. upon in Salem. It's yes. the devil's work. Now, I know we probably all know that fornication means sex, but I guess the way they were like guilty of fornication made me, I was like, is it a sin? Like, I don't, yeah, is it what, a, against what did they the law? Do? What did they do? So I looked Tell it up me. to see what it meant in the 1600s in Salem. Oh. And I found an article, mm-hmm. it's all in the show notes, about sexual misconduct in the Plymouth colony. Oh my God. Amazing. So it's not exactly Salem, but it's all right. Close. It's the same group of people. So in June 1645, this is 50 years before, right? Mm -hmm. The general court passed an act that said anyone who committed fornication, which is sex before marriage, would be imprisoned up to three days and either whipped or fined 10 pounds. (laughs) If a couple was engaged at the time of fornication, the fine was reduced to five pounds. It reminds me of Princess Bride when she's like, farm boy. Fetch me that pail of water. Yeah. And I was like, as you wish. Farm boy. And they fall in love. And they, they had fornication. They fornicated. They fornicated they for sure. They for sure fornicated in those fields. So another interesting fact. Fornication was by far the most common offense to come before the Plymouth courts. <laughs> they were getting weird. <laughs> it wasn't even weird. They were just no. having sex. Yeah. And they weren't married. Yet but some of them were engaged. <laughs> Peeping Toms. Probably. <laughs> From 1633 to 1691, do you want to know how many cases of fornication went through the court? Please. 69. <laughs> <laughs> that's really the only reason I told you that information. <laughs> I'm just like, that's, I gotta, I have to put that that's in there. That's the perfect number mm-hmm. for that. Okay, for that. Okay, yeah. so anyway, Sarah Osborne had married, listen, some of my mom's friends listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Don't tell. If you're my mom's friend and you heard that joke. No, you didn't. You didn't hear nothing. Okay. Sarah Osborne had married her indentured servant. They'd fornicated. In addition to that, her late husband had wanted his 150-acre farm to be passed down to his two sons. Not his daughter, because, you know, she had one of those girl brains. Oh, gosh, And instead, Sarah and her new husband took over the farm. This went against her late husband's will which landed her in legal trouble trouble with her children and her previous in-laws. Oh, my gosh. In fact, her late husband was the brother-in-law of John Putnam. Oh, God. And you might recognize that last name because Anne Putnam Jr. Yeah. was one of Bridget Bishop's accusers. Oh. And she laid accusations against oh. Sarah Osborne as well. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
So trying to disinherit her own children did not gain her any popularity points in Salem. And quite frankly, it doesn't make me a big fan of her either. Mm -hmm. And being on the bad side of the prominent Putnam family didn't do her any favors. Right, yeah, that's not that doesn't look good. More strikes against Sarah Osborne. She hadn't been to church in over a year. Ooh, she's doing that devil's work. Well, she'd been real sick and bedridden. Oh, she but was. But she's just, that, no, no one cares about that. That doesn't matter. That is no excuse. Works. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah was arrested on March 1st, 1692, and went to trial on March 7th. During her trial, Sarah said she was innocent and more likely to be bewitched than to be a witch. She never confessed to witchcraft, and she never implicated anyone else as being a witch, which I think is admirable. Right. But the court found her guilty and sentenced her to death. Now, I mentioned that she'd been very sick, which is why she hadn't been attending church. Being imprisoned in Boston during her trial was particularly hard on her health. She died as a result of the poor jail conditions before she could be executed. So on May 10th, 1692, she died. And this actually makes her the very first casualty of the Salem witch trials. She was about 49 years old. Um, Since she wasn't executed just because she didn't live long enough to be executed, she didn't receive a memorial for her death. Okay, so let's talk about Sarah Good. Born in 1653, Sarah was the daughter of a wealthy tavern owner, John Solert. I know. So he died by suicide when Sarah was 16. He didn't leave a will which means that his 70-acre estate worth 500 pounds was divided mostly between his widow and two sons. Again, not his daughters, because girl brain. There was a small share that was supposed to be split among his seven daughters, but even that wasn't given to them. Right. Basically, Sarah's mother's new husband denied them this inheritance, and he was allowed to do that because they were female. Oh, God. Back then, also because she was female, she had to have a dowry in order to find a suitable husband. Mm. Now, if you may know this already, but that was a dowry was a payment by the bride's family to the groom's family. Usually it was things like money, goods, livestock, whatever. Right. Sarah, of course, had none of those things. And no dowry left her with few marriage prospects. Right. Which, again, it's not just about being single. We talked about this before, yeah. but you almost had to be married in order to have any sort of life and security back then. Yeah. Like it was like, your job. <laughs> you know, yeah. It was your partnership in order to move forward in your life. It right. was so expected in this Puritan world. Marriage wasn't really about love. Right. So she ended up marrying an indentured servant named Daniel Poole. But he died soon after marrying her, leaving her heavily in debt. She remarried, this time to William Good. And the two of them didn't have much, but they lost everything that they did have in a suit filed by Sarah's late husband's creditors. Oh. So she and William, along with their daughter, wound up homeless, forced to become beggars in Salem. Mm. And you know how everybody's always really nice and kind and patient right. to the homeless community. The homeless. Uh-huh. Yeah. Reverend Paris had already had some interactions with Sarah Good. He said that he'd given her charity and she had walked off muttering, which is like she talked to herself. Yeah. And if that makes you evil, then I am. Do it all and the big time. Trouble. <laughs> I talked to myself. Hand so over much. that book. I love me so much. <laughs> Sarah developed a reputation for being unpleasant. I would be too if I was homeless trying to raise children. Right? I mean, she has not had a nice life. No. It was hard for them to find a place to stay because of this. Like when people tried to help the goods by offering lodging, 
Sarah was reportedly so turbulent, spiteful, and malicious that they had to throw them out. Oh. So it kind of sounds from the stories yeah. I read about her that she like she might have had some sort of mental illness, mm-hmm. possibly from going through the trauma of her father's right. death and going from being the daughter of a wealthy tavern owner to, to a homeless this. beggar. Yeah. When Sarah went to trial, her accuser said she was jealous and envious of them because of her own low economic status. Stop. Oh, my gosh. This happened a lot in the witch trials. People would say these accused witches were angry because they were jealous. They can't be like me. Oh, whatever their accusers had. Yeah. Oh, my Uh, gosh. She's obsessed with me. She can't sit with us. So it happened a lot, but it was just a particularly loud theme in Sarah Good's trial. Her husband, William, also said that he was afraid his wife was a witch because he disliked her demeanor. She wasn't pleasant. (laughs) And basically, she, quote, didn't meet his expectations for a wife. Amazing. So part of me wants to make a lot of jokes about that, obviously. Yeah. But then part of me is also like, it's the 1600s. Right, this is true. And kind of what we were talking about earlier, people did have these She's set roles and expectations. Yeah. Like my 2022 brain is like, let people be who they are. Right, exactly. But that's a modern luxury that they just didn't have back then. And nobody thought like that then. Right. And I, I'm not even saying it's right or wrong. It's just the way that it was. Mm-hmm. There's also some speculation that he only testified against her to protect himself from accusation. Right. Which happened a lot. Also, Sarah didn't go to church. And she said it was because she didn't have proper attire from church. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. Mm -hmm. And, you know, let's um, just take a second. Yeah. (laughs) Little tiny soapbox. But, like, stop looking for ways to exclude people from church your stuff if you are so big on wanting everybody to go to church then just let them go and however they're dressed however they talk whatever they look like yeah none of that should matter however they worship Mm -hmm. i get real annoyed when christians just look for ways to make other you know put themselves above other christians because you know that's that's jesus's way for sure (laughs) at the time of her arrest sarah good was pregnant she went to trial on march 25th 1692 And again, for context, this was before Bridget Bishop was even arrested. Mm -hmm. One theory is that Sarah was one of the first accused witches to go to trial because the people of Salem just didn't like her. Right. And I don't mean like that they were like, this woman's annoying. Let's accuse her of witchcraft and put her to death. Yeah. But more like it was easy for them to believe she was a witch because she was so difficult and putting her to death wouldn't be as hard to take because no one seemed to like her. They wouldn't miss her much. And they thought Salem would be better off without her. What on earth? She's like, she's not contributing much to society anyway, Kara. Yeah. She's annoying. She's just, annoying. She's crotchety. Who's really going to be upset about it? Right. If you're going to pick she a first target, really she's really wealthy, a and we loved her then. But <laughs> When Sarah was brought into the courtroom, her accusers started to rock and moan, acting like the mere presence of Sarah Good caused them pain. Oh, my gosh. At one point, one of Sarah's accusers had this fit like she fell to the ground, and later she said it was because Sarah had attacked her with a knife. And then she pulled, I mean— and no one, like, in your imagination, in your mind, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, Sarah's standing right here. And then she pulled out a broken piece from a knife as proof, which everyone's like, what? <gasps> How did you get that? But when she did this, there was a man in the courtroom who stood up and was like, wait, that's my knife. Which I'm like, thank you, sir. Like, thank you for being yeah. brave enough to stand up and be like, this doesn't seem right. This isn't normal. He was like, that's my knife. A piece broke off of it the other day, and that girl watched it happen. So then he pulls out the other half of the knife. And then I think the whole courtroom is like, what? Again. And the judge, Judge William Stoughton, 
He just scolded the girl for exaggerating the truth. Oh, honey, don't speak falsehoods. Exaggerating the truth. Oh, That's a lie, God. Your Honor. That's a big Let's lie. Let's just call it a lie. And like right there, they should be like, this girl made this up. How do we believe anything else, she said. Oh, my God, baby girl, I'll take you to Target later. Let's just not do that again, okay? <laughs> also, during her trial, Sarah's daughter, who was around six years old, her name was Dorcas, and she was basically forced to testify against her mother. Yeah. At six years old. Oh, my God. The articles I read said she was frightened into testifying against her mother. And she also, the six-year-old Dorcas, ends up being accused of witchcraft. (gasps) What? By the same girls who accused her mother. Did I tell you she's six? Have I mentioned that she's six? They're like, hey, this little kid's bullying us. And I mean, is this what they did to make her testify? Did they say, we'll accuse you of witchcraft? Anyway, she was uh, in prison for seven months. What six-year-old understands that? And eventually they let her go, but it says she was psychologically damaged for the rest of her life. sure. And that William had to hire a sitter to stay with her all the time. Yeah. Sarah did try to defend herself in court, stating that she was innocent and that Tituba and Sarah Osborne were the true witches, which wasn't a big deal for Tituba because she'd confessed and she was already gone, Mm -hmm. but it sure didn't help Sarah Osborne's case at all. Right. But it made no difference. Sarah was found guilty and sentenced to death. But remember, she's pregnant. Oh. So they postponed her hanging until she gave birth. But the baby didn't survive. On July 19th, 1692, Sarah Good was hanged. She was firm in maintaining her innocence right up until she died, even though there was a reverend who was just as firm in his attempts to get her to confess. Just as a footnote. Years later, in 1710, William Good sued the court for health and mental damages done to Sarah and Dorcas. Mm -hmm. He said Dorcas had been chained in a dungeon for those seven or eight months and was hardly let out, and so scared the whole time that she was never the same after that. Right. This was 18 years later, and he received 30 pounds of sterling, which was one of the largest sums granted to the families of the witchcraft victims. Oh, wow. And that's the end. They did say that when she was being hanged, Sarah Good just, like, yelled out a bunch of curses basically right um, proclaiming her innocence and saying that they're all gonna you all all are crazy and yeah yeah she wasn't quiet and demure about it wow that's the story of tituba sarah and sarah jeez i know it's just feels so impossible you know that they were yeah it's like we've said a million times once someone accuses you of witchcraft you're just screwed like that's just that's nuts and it's just like mental health Mm -hmm. nobody cared about that nobody thought that existed or they just were going through a hard time in life because their husbands kept dying Mm -hmm. and it's just like well i don't i don't know well and it's just such a you think about it now and how there are people who find themselves in this situation and they're the type of people that are often accused of things right and they know because they're a certain type of person that Mm -hmm. like they're in as hopeless a situation almost yeah. as these women were. Yeah. And it's just awful to think about. <sighs> yeah. That was the second in our series about the Salem Witch Trials. Oh, my gosh. We'll be back with another one later. Later. I'm not sure if we're like... going to do them all in order. I feel yeah. like I'll break them up here and there with other things. But if you're interested in these Salem stories, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.